You listening to this podcast shows that you are all in on being a dad. You enjoy learning from others so that you can be the best dad you can be, the best partner you can be, the best person you can be. Not all dads are that way. Maybe yours wasn't. Maybe your dad wasn't a great role model and you've decided to change it. That's the story of our guest today, and he'll share his journey from fatherless to fatherhood. Becoming better parents, partners, and people, this is the Positively Dad Podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm James Shaw, host of Positively Dad, and I'm excited you're here today for one of our Dad Talk episodes. My wife, Terry, and I are the proud parents of an almost eight-year-old. Her name's Naomi, and, uh, and she is just a joy. I started Positively Dad just about a year ago to be a resource to dads, and we do two episodes every single week. The one you're listening to right now is called one of our Dad Talk episodes. We do it every Thursday. And then on Mondays, we do an episode where we talk to an expert about something that's going to help us grow and get better. I love these dad talks because we just talk to dads about real life stuff. And our guest today is a dad named Michael Flores. He's from Houston, and he reached out to me just to share his journey on fatherhood. Michael's dad wasn't around when he was growing up. and In fact, Michael told me that his dad had, quote, left and never looked back. Unfortunately, that's the story for many kids in this country. Dads who, for some reason or another, just aren't there. I mean, I've talked to so many in these Dad Talk episodes who have similar stories, and every single one of them tells me that it's their goal to break that cycle, to be the one to actually be present, to participate, and be a great dad. I think Michael's doing that, and he's going to share a little bit with you about that today and just talk a little bit about how he's decided to parent, and I think we can all take something away from it. So let's jump in and have the conversation Michael, thanks so much for joining us on Positively Dad. I'm excited. Thank well, you. I'm, I, my pleasure. I'm happy to have you. Tell me real quick, just tell me a little bit about your family, because I think today is going to be a really interesting episode. So tell us a little bit about your family now. So my current family. So I have, first of all, I have three kids. So I have a 14-year-old son. He's a freshman in high school. I have a 13-year-old daughter. She's a seventh grader in junior high. And then by way of my fiance, I'm currently engaged. By way of my fiance, we have a five-year-old uh, little girl. I'm actually a six-year-old, turned six yesterday. Six-year-old little girl, she's in kindergarten. And uh, she's my fiance's daughter. And yet, James, I have a little rule. If you live in my house and, and I, I feed you and clothe you, you're my daughter. So I treat her like my daughter. She, she is my daughter. So, And then I'm engaged to be married. We don't have a date yet. And yet we got engaged November 2019. So. Well, congratulations on that. I'm happy for you there. And... And, um, and now, yeah, now you're back to having a littles in your house again. Yeah, man, I thought I was done. And then God brought this amazing woman into my life. And, and I said, okay, here we go. And she was four when I met the little girl. And, and uh, it's just a little bit, you know, going back to that stage in life of what it's like. Uh, my kids, you know, it's funny because I'm older now, obviously. And so mm -hmm. I'm a little bit more patient, right? <laughs> and, and you learn a little bit you know, the wisdom and, and doing what I do for a profession. And, and, and so it just helps my mindset a lot better. So I think I'm going to do it even better this time, the third time around, right? Well, there you go. Well, I think that's cool. And being a dad is obviously really important to you. You and I were talking about this as we were preparing for today. And I know it's important to you. And part of that is just because of what your world was like growing up. And we got a lot of people that out there, out there that 
didn't always have the best relationship with whoever raised them or their mom or their dad. And, and you're in that group. Tell us a little bit about your background and why being a dad is so important to you. Well, uh, yeah. So thank you for asking that. So, you know, my dad, when I was five years old, my dad and mom got divorced and my dad was just an aggressive man. That's what I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Right. She was, he was an aggressive man, um, verbally and physically just an aggressive human being. And, and my mom though, so he left and, um, he really never was really part of our life. And then when I turned seven, um, in 19, I was actually eight, 1984, my mother passed away mm. when I was eight years old. And so my dad did not fight for us. My dad actually said that I could go live with my grandmother. So my aunt and uncle, my aunt, who is my sister's mom and my uncle, I mean, my sister's, uh, my, my mom's sister, but that was my mom's sister, uh, brought me in. And I had two sisters. I have an older sister and a younger sister. And they went to go live somewhere else. And I went to go live with my aunt and uncle. And we all were in the same neighborhood. And yet we weren't in the same household. Hmm. And so my uncle raised me from a male perspective. And his family, his last name is Ramirez. So I just call him the Ramirez family. And, and the Ramirez family took me in. And I, I was treated like their nephew or their grandson. I remember sitting there at the kitchen table with uh, my grandmother, and at the time she wasn't my grandmother, saying, will you be my grandmother? Mm. And she said, yes. And so from that day forward, the Ramirez family became my family. So that's a little bit. And then, you know, growing up, my dad just wasn't around. And I'll never forget, James, one time he, uh, you know, he called and he said, hey, man, I, I want to I, I wanna buy your, your, your class ring for high school. And I said, well, man, that's, that's nice of you, but I graduate in a month. I've had that class ring a, a year and a half now. Yeah. And then he said, well, I'm going to go to your graduation. And I said, okay, well, let me tell you where it is. So I told him where it was. It wasn't cell phones back then, right? It was 1993 or whatever, 94. Right, right. And so I told him where it was. And if you look at the video that was taken of my graduation, you'll see me turning around throughout the graduation. And I was looking for him and he never yeah. showed up. Hmm. He never showed up. So that's a little bit about my background and, and, you know, the biggest piece is I had a lot of strong male role models in my life. They just weren't happened to be my dad. Not a, not a is this, um, I mean, what kind of impact then did this have on you as you became an adult and, and started, you know, have, I mean, you became a dad. How did that impact the way you wanted to parent? That's a great question. So for me, it was like, I'm never going to be where I'm not there right? I remember playing football in junior high and my dad came to one game. I'll never forget. He came to one game in my junior high and I was playing football. And yet I was the kid that no one ever stood on the sideline, right? My uncle was working and people were busy and my dad never came. And so for me, when I became a dad, I said to myself, I will always be at everything I can be for my kids, right? I will not miss one game. I will not uh, ever uh, make them feel unappreciative. I will love on them. I will let them know I appreciate them. Um, and I just wanted to make sure they knew I was present in everything they did. And so uh, I coached sports for my kids when they were little. Um, and I did every. I volunteered in elementary school when they were little. So for me, the way it made me feel like James was, I'm going to do everything possible so that my kids know I'm present. And before my son was born, I read this book called uh, Maximize Manhood by Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole. And I hope it's okay to share books on your, on your podcast. Here. Always. And so, and so Edwin Lewis, Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole, and he says in that book, 
that being a male is a matter of birth and being a man is a matter of choice. And what he meant by that, if you read the whole book, it's about being a Christian or a godly man, even if you're, even if you're not a Christian, being a good man, right, based on what you believe in the religion you follow. And what he meant by that is that is that fatherlessness, what he said in that book is that fatherlessness is an epidemic in America. And the only way to fix it is for men, for males to be, to, to, to decide to be men and raise their families. And when I read that book, I said, I'm going to be that guy. Mm. I'm not going to be like my dad. That seems like a lot of pressure, Michael. I mean, it seems like, look, I'm going to be present at everything. I'm coaching the teams. I'm doing all this. I'm doing all that. And, and so I'm wondering, did you ever feel pressure for that? Or did it just come to you? And, and how did you handle the times that you couldn't be there? Like, in other words, I'm asking, did you feel like you were overcompensating at all ever for what you were growing up for and just put too much pressure on you? Yeah, I think there were times that, that I found joy in it, right? Mm -hmm, right. However, I think there were times I, felt I put pressure on the kids, mm. right? And, and, what, and where I messed up probably when my kids were young was pressuring them to, I, I wanted to be so present that maybe at times when they were little, um, I might have hovered more than I needed to be or didn't allow certain things that I probably should have allowed, right? And so I never felt pressured personally. I found joy in it. It was exciting for me. It was fun for me. However, as I grew and then, and then I got into real estate, right? And in real estate, Saturdays and Sundays, sometimes you're not available, right? right? And sometimes on weekends, you're not there. So it got to where, okay, I had to be okay with missing practices. And then I had to be okay with, I would run, like I was literally the dad that would run across the fields in my suit to get to the soccer field, right? However, um, I still never missed any. And it wasn't until I traveled as a, as a MAPS bowl coach that I started to miss some things every once in a while. Yeah. And yet, and yet by then I felt like my kids understood, right? Because we have the responsibility as a dad to not only teach them, like, I'm going to be here. However, this is why I am not here today, right? right? Like, I'm, right. I'm here doing this, and this is why I'm doing this. It's funny you bring that up. I remember a time that Naomi was uh, in, in um, like preschool. So I don't know, she's four or five years old and she's going to be singing in like this little preschool, like Christmas thing. And it's just her one little class. It's like a three minute thing. Mm -hmm. And I was in New York and uh, I was, I had a flight out of LaGuardia nonstop to Tampa. Michael, I'm going to tell you that flight. I don't know. You've been to LaGuardia. Um, yes. Okay, so you push back from the gate, and it's like 40 minutes before you take off, yeah. right? Yeah. So we push back from the gate, and I heard the captain say something I've never heard in LaGuardia. We are number one for takeoff. Wow. I know. So we leave like a, like it was like three minutes. We leave. We end up getting to Tampa like 35 minutes early, and I'm able to get in my car and I've got to go all the way across the bay and everything. And I literally walked in and sat down the moment her performance started. And it was just one of those things like, and, and that was about me. Like, I wanted to be there to see that. She, yeah, she was happy to see daddy in the crowd. And yet if you asked her now, she wouldn't remember. That was about me. And I'm hearing that for you. It was important to you to be able yes. to be as, as, at as many things as you possibly could. Yes. And yet the kids were fine. You know, my son in seventh grade, I missed his inauguration into the National Honor Society. And I said, hey, bud, I'm going to actually be out of town. I'm not going to be able to make it. And he said, dad, all I'm doing is walking across the stage. It'll be fine. Right? Like, 
So I think as dads, sometimes it, we have to understand, like you asked that great question about, is it putting pressure? Mm-hmm. We put this pressure on ourselves to be the perfect or the most amazing. And I think if they just know our heart, right? Yeah. Then that's what matters. Well, that's what I'm thinking is that by being present, you don't actually have to be there to be present. Correct. Right. I mean, we've done podcasts. Uh, uh, Dustin Grove was one who I had on and he talked about being present and he's got a crazy schedule and he goes, look, maybe when I get home, it's just five minutes for, with the kid to shoot hoops. And then you can also still be present without actually being there, which sounds weird. Like your son knows that you care about him. You're absolutely a present father. And so he's like, dad, I'm walking across stage. No big deal. Like I, I still know you're there. Yeah. And I got a video of it, right? He said, well, well, somebody, you know, my ex-wife and I, you know, I'm divorced. And so she, she, she's great. She'll take video or whatever and send it on over. So, cause, cause that's more about me seeing it than anything. And, and yet when they were really little, it, you know, when they were five, six, seven, um, you know, for a long time, I put that pressure on, I'm not going to miss anything. And then I missed the first practice and I thought, Oh, what kind of dad am I? And then I realized, man, it's just practice. It'll be fine. Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, last night, kind of a cool thing, James, is uh, I was working and, and, and uh, my son needed soccer practice. So I asked Trisha, who's my fiance, to take him to practice. And it's at, he has practice from 7.30 to 9 p.m. on, on two Thursday nights. And so he said, so I said, hey, Trisha's going to take you. And he said, okay. And he gave me a look. And I said, hey, bud, what, what's going on with that look? And he said, nothing. And I said, do you want me to come watch you practice? And he said, yes. Mm. And so I said, okay, let Trisha take you. I'm going to finish what I'm doing and I'll be there to watch you practice. Okay. So I think that there's times also that are kind of cool where your kid will, or your son or your daughter will say to you, I'd like for you to be here for this moment. Right. Yeah. And for him, it's some, for some reason, he just really wanted me to go to practice. Yeah. He's well, 15, 14 years old. Right. And so he still wants dad there. And, um, and so, yeah, it's kind of understanding what that means to them, what it's about for them. Right. Right. So I'm curious then about what lessons that you've learned based on your experience growing up without a father and now your experience being a father. What lessons have you learned from that, that you know, your middle schoolers have taught you that now your kindergarten stepdaughter is going to benefit from? Uh, number one is, uh, you know, you know, I'm a Keller Williams real estate agent. Keller Williams has this Y4C2T as a belief system. They have a belief system. And in the belief system, it says communication, seek first to understand, mm-hmm. right? And I think one of the things I've learned is to ask questions before jumping into what I think just happened, right? When they were younger, maybe I walk into the room and there's a glass broken and maybe I react. Maybe I overreact. Let's be honest. Maybe mm-hmm. I overreact because they broke a glass or something. And getting onto them right away thinking, why did you do that? What were you thinking? And what happened? And not giving them an opportunity to explain that they, the glass fell because something and they didn't, it wasn't intentional or, or who knows, maybe the glass was like that when they walked in the room. Right. And, and nobody said anything. And so I think one big lesson is to ask questions and to understand what happened first before just reacting. Yeah. And, and my teenage kids have taught me that. And then I think the other piece is that, like you just said, being present doesn't mean being physically present. doesn't mean you have to physically run around and be crazy and, and neglect one thing for another thing. Uh, with today's technology, there's so many ways to be present, right, in your, in your child's life. And, and, and I think one of the things I learned from my older kids is that I can be present, I can show them love and affection in more ways than just physically standing there. And sometimes, you know, what's funny is that you can physically be standing there 
and that they don't feel that love. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's probably the second lesson I learned. And then the third, I think the third lesson I've really learned is, and again, I'm learning it with, with uh, Olivia, and it may tie up to the first thing, and yet it's more just patience, just understanding they're not you. They're not going to react to things like you do. They're not going to participate in things you do like you do. And that they're all individually different. I think I had to learn that, you know, I have a son and a daughter and I'm a high driver and I'm a, I was a big, I was a good athlete in high school and both my kids are athletes. And yet understanding that this is their life and it's okay to allow them to make some choices and, and trust in some of their choices while you're being a parent. Right. Um, I think that was the biggest piece that I, that was another piece I learned because I think too many times as dads or as parents, we want to direct or oversee. And sometimes we just have to say, what do you think? What do you see? That's got to be hard, especially with, uh, uh, what, uh, your son is a sophomore in high school. Is that right? Freshman in high school and your daughter's in eighth grade, seventh grade, seventh grade. This is an interesting time, right? Mm -hmm. So how do we do that? You know, I, 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 you know, with my daughter, um, so one of the things, James, I'm one of those dads that I never shied away from, from what you would call a hot topic. I never shied away from the conversation around alcohol, drugs, um, sexual intercourse. I never shied away from those conversations. Um, I'm not the dad that I, I just believe they're going to learn it somewhere. So I, I'd rather you learn it from me. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when my son and my daughter were both in fifth grade, the elementary school said, we're going to teach your kids about um, sexual purity today. And they're in fifth grade mm-hmm. and we're going to teach that. They gave us a notice, like it's going to be done in a week. So me and my ex-wife, we did it before the school taught it. Um, drugs and alcohol. These are conversations I have with my kids back in elementary school. Like, Hey, you know, and I didn't say like, don't do cocaine. I just said, Hey, you know, there's times that people do things that affect their body and that it's not good for your body. And, and so explaining those things to them. Right. Um, and so now as, as my son in senior high school, or, or being a freshman in a, in a high school, I can say to him, hey, bud, so what's going on? You know, is what's what's going on with alcohol or drugs? Or has anybody asked you? Or, you know, what's what's going on in, in school? You know, is people inviting you to do certain things? And having those conversations. You know, something kind of cool with my daughter, um, earlier this year, seventh grade, she texted me in the middle school and said, dad, I got to tell you something. I said, okay. And she said, there's a little boy who likes me. And I replied back and said, you know what? And you know, as a dad, like, well, my heart starts beating. Yeah, no kidding. You're a dad. You got a little girl. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) We're not playing that game. Yeah. And you know, for me though, I replied back and said, of course he does, baby. You're beautiful. You're smart. You're talented. And so of course that little boy likes you. I said, so that doesn't surprise me. I said, so what would you like me to know? And she said, "Um, I think I might like him too. Oh. And I said, oh. So I replied back to her and said, okay, well, I'll tell you what, today when you get home, let's have a conversation about that and we'll go from there. How cool, how cool is it that she would reach out and tell you that? Oh my gosh, it was amazing. And I said, what's his name? And she told me his name and she goes, he's going to come watch me play volleyball today. She had a volleyball game. And I said, okay. She goes, dad, please don't say anything to me. (laughs) Yeah, of course. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, okay, well, I won't say anything to him until you and I talk. She said, okay, so we went to the volleyball game and I figured out quickly who it was. And, you know, they didn't talk or anything, but, you know, you can look at the crowd and kind of see what's happening. And so uh, we came home and James, I'll tell you, I just sat down and I said, so you said you like him. Do you like him like a friend or do you like him like a boyfriend? 
And I said, and, and, and I don't really believe in the boyfriend thing. That's not who, what kind of dad I am. That's not good in my household. I'm not okay with that. And yet I didn't, I didn't say that to her. I just said boyfriend or friend. And she goes, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, a friend means you like hanging out with them. They're your buddy. You can talk about things. You joke around. Boyfriend means like you're in a relationship and you're committed. And, and like, and, and, and I said, and, 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 and probably means you spend time together, like going to the movies together, or, or maybe you write notes to each other or something. She goes, no, no, no. I don't want to do any of that. I just think he's a cool guy and I want to be his buddy. Mm, okay. Okay. Now let's talk about what that looks like. Right. Because then she's got to understand what his thoughts might be too. I mean, there's a whole right. lot in there. So I feel like that there is though, probably some kind of advantage that you, well, you've created something that's making your daughter feel comfortable to reach out to you. Your son was comfortable telling you yesterday, dad, I really want you there. Like there's truly a relationship and they value that. And I, I'm just, it, it seems like that you've totally flipped the script based on how you grew up and as a, as a, as a son and who you are as a father. Well, I appreciate that. I will tell you this. I have told my kids from the time they were elementary age that it's better for you to tell me than for me to find out. And if you just tell me the consequence or the reaction will be a much different than if I found out on my own. So in other words, if I find out that you have a boyfriend and you didn't tell me, there's going to be a whole different conversation than if you just come tell me somebody likes you, right? Yeah. My son, when he was in sixth grade, told me he liked some girl. Mm -hmm. So I just have always said to them, James, just tell me honestly. And if you tell me things, I promise you to not overreact. I promise you to listen to you and to value you. And then we'll come up with a solution. And, and it's been hard for me. I'm a, look, I'm a Marine. Like, mm. your people don't know this. I'm a Marine. So it's easy for me to overreact. Okay? Sure. It's, and, and yet, when anytime they've come to me, the same thing with grades. Hey, listen, it's better for you to tell me you made a bad grade on that test than me find out by your teacher. Or it's better for me to find out that you did something wrong at daycare yeah. than for the teacher to call me. Yeah. And that's been a theme. And I think that that theme builds that relationship of trust. And then when they tell you something, you've got to promise not overreact. Well, that's Even key. That's absolutely key. I talked to um, Dr. Lisa Damore today, actually. And so this episode will come out in a couple of weeks. And she was talking about anxiety and stress with our kids. And they've got plenty of that. And how we respond to that mm -hmm. has a massive impact on them. So for you to be able to be very careful about not you know, going crazy or something when they tell you something, well, that's important because they're going to respond to that. Yeah, I think so. And I grew up in a family where uh, you didn't tell them anything because they were going to yell at you or spank you or you're being in trouble if you came out. So you just hope they didn't find out because the punishment was going to be the same, whether they found yeah. out or not. Yeah. So I, I found myself as a teenager hiding things instead of just coming out honestly. Right. Interesting. Interesting. So as you think about now, a uh, high schooler, middle schooler, and kindergartner, um, and, and a whole dynamic now of being a stepdad. What, are your, what have you realized about that, that you're coming in here and she's, what, she's five, right? So she's six, six yeah. years old. She's six years old and you're coming into the game. Um, what's that dynamic going to be like? Man, it's tough. It's tough. I'll tell you, um, well, it was tough. It gets easier every day. Um, because she has a biological dad that's very, he is involved. He's, he's a good guy, right? He sees her every other weekend. Um, he lives in a different city though. So, and he calls her. So 
So he he attempts to be a good dad, right? He he is present in her life, and I give him that. Yeah. And yet, it's tough because um, I love her, and and I see her like my own, and she is my own as far as the household is concerned. And yet, always being respectful of the fact that she's another man's daughter. Mm-hmm. And you know, so for instance, there's some rules I set up. Like I don't spank her. The her mom, my fiance, takes care of the spanking rules, right? I will discipline her, however, I don't spank her. And it's just out of respect for him, right? I don't want somebody spanking my daughter. So right. just out of, so there's been some lessons along the way. Um, however, because I met her at four, she decided on her own to call me dad, James. She used to call me Michael. Actually, she called me big Michael, right? Because my oh. son's little Michael. So okay. she called me big yeah, Michael. That's good. I like it. Yeah. And so. Can I call you that from now on? Can I call no, you, you big cannot. Michael? <laughs> <laughs> and so she evolved into dad and asked me, can I call you dad? And I said, yes. And you know, when I told her dad that she wanted to call me dad, there was a struggle there. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, communicating with him being in a, in at least an acquaintance or a positive relationship with him has been something that I've really aimed for yeah. because it's best for her. Sure. Right. It's right. Best, her name's Olivia. It's best for Olivia that she can see me and her biological dad doing things well together versus that strife. Yeah. All so right. So at first, uh, it was very tough. Yeah. As we wrap up, what's the final advice? What's the take home message from a man who grew up without a dad, a dad who called you the wrong name, right? Yeah. He even got your I name wrong you once. That, yeah. You told me, yeah, you said that he had once gotten your name wrong and, and had made commitments to be at things and didn't show up. And so, you know, to, to go from that to now be this dad whose goal is to be very present, very involved, helpful, and to be there for your kids. What advice would you give to our listeners? I would say two things. Number one, our background doesn't have to determine our future, right? So who we were and who we, how we were raised doesn't have to be how you raise your kids today. You can do something completely different. Even if your family doesn't think it's right, you do what you think is right. Number one. And number two is, uh, so that's the first thing. And then number two, I would say it's not too late. Right. It's, it's not too late to, I have a great relationship with my kids and I, and I'm very proud of that. However, that doesn't mean that I take them for granted. We always have to work towards keeping those relationships. And if you happen to be a dad that doesn't have those type of great relationships in your mind, that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's not too late to fix it. And the way that I would do that, and I'll tell you, James, I do this about once every six months. I sit down with them individually and I look them in the eye and I say, tell me how I'm doing as a dad. Mm. What can I do better? Interesting. And they tell me. What they sorts of things, what sorts of things have they told you? Uh, that I could be more patient. That, well, that's only that the, about the sixth time you've brought that up in 28 minutes. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. Cause that was a big issue for me when they were little, um, that, uh, that they would like for me to spend more time with them just sitting on the couch and relaxing instead of a computer on my lap. Mm. Um, they'd like to see me put my cell phone down at, at dinner time. So those are some things they've told me. This is, and then other times, and then they have to say, you've done great. You know, kids are nice. They're like, you're doing great, dad. It's just these couple of things. Right. Right. And so I think if you're a dad that you don't have that relationship right now, just sit down with them and look them in the eye and say, I intend to be better. What can I do better? And I do that consistently. And that's what's helped me with this relationship where I can tell them things and they can tell me. things. That's awesome. Well, Michael, I won't call you Big Mike. Uh, <laughs> you have added so much to us today. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being on. Thank you for allowing me to be on. Thank you You so got much. it. Good stuff from Michael. I'm so thankful that he shared with us 
uh, told us kind of a little bit about what his situation was like growing up and how that impacted his decisions as a father and now as a stepfather. So we got some great perspective from him, and I'm just so thankful. I trust you got some value out of it. We also did something different with Michael's interview, and that is when he and I recorded this conversation, we went ahead and and just did a live stream of it on the Positively Dad Facebook page. So, you know, you're listening to this a week after Michael and I actually talked. And so one thing we're going to start doing whenever we can is live stream our interviews on Facebook, on the Positively Dad Facebook page. You just go right to Facebook and type in Positively Dad or just go to facebook.com slash Positively Dad. You'll find us. And I'll, I'll give you some advance notice when I know of one coming up or if you just happen to be on Facebook or whatever and you want to watch as, as we go along, you can. And then you can come back and, and listen to it. So it's just a way to reach out to even more people. And I trust it might uh, just be a way for you to get even more value from what we're doing over here at Positively Dad. In fact, if you are getting value out of it, would you share this episode with other people that you know? Uh, share it with a dad who might like to hear this message or somebody who it would impact. Would you mind rating, reviewing, and subscribing too wherever you listen? Five stars would be great. Write a review as well and then subscribe so you never miss an episode. That would be great too. And then finally, connect with us on all the social media pages. I gave you our Facebook page. We're also on Instagram and Twitter. Just search at Positively Dad. Finally, last thing, if you or someone you know would be a great guest on the show, you want to talk with me about being a dad, or maybe you'd be great for one of our Monday shows, send me an email. Let's connect. Let's get you on. I'd love to do that. It's james at PositivelyDad.com. All right, that wraps up this week's Dad Talk. I value you and thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next time on Positively Dad. Bye-bye.